A message to Joseph Newgarden. It's okay to log off your phone. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. I am aware of the subtle irony of a podcaster has an award called the Never Log Off Award telling someone to log off their phone. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 387. I'm your host, Dre Harrison. Welcome to the show. And uh, whoa boy, oh, this IndyCar title race is heating up. It, it's simmering over nicely. And uh, So stop me if you've heard this before, fellas. Mm. That's Dre Harrison, RJ O'Connell. Cam Buckley's also with us. Stop me if you've heard this before, fellas. A Chip Ganassi racing car ends up in a multi-car accident in the Music City Grand Prix and goes on to win the race after already starting for the middle of the field Mm -hmm. when conventional logic says that they shouldn't have won. We spend nearly half the race under caution. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, Nashville. (laughs) Nashville. What are we going to do with Conventional wisdom would say that Oriole Servia retired years ago, and here he is, the all-time lapse leader here. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We love this. We love this. Oriel Servia. Oriel Servia, king of the Nashville street circuit. And shilling for the series on Twitter. God bless him. Um, yeah, like, like, it's safe to say in a sentence, Nashville, Nashville again, I think is the, is the, uh, is, is the politest way that we can describe this one. Um, Welcome back to the hate cauldron. The cauldron of hate. Um, it's it's uh, it, it, and and the cauldron was warm and toasty, and it was filled with the front wings of IndyCar drivers the world over. Um, only half the cars in the field saw the checkered flag. I think only thirteen cars finished. I think only eleven were on the lead lap. We had three guys drop off the lead lap, get back on it, and one of them would go on to win the race. Who? Scott fucking Dixon. <laughs> you can't this. get rid of this man. <laughs> he, I, unlike Joseph, what New, unlike what Newgarden should do, Scott Dixon should never log off. He just keeps no. doing this. No, it, it's it's literally the scene from, from Avengers Age of Ultron. It was actually from Infinity War, where Thor has got Thanos on the ropes, and then Thanos just turns around and says... You should have gone for the head and then clicks his fingers. That's what Scott Dixon is right now. Like, and, and we'll be getting into that over the course of the show because, yes, Dixon performed what we Brits call a smash and grab <laughs> to win that one ahead of Scotty McLaughlin and Alex Pillow third. Pillow still in this, still clinging on for dear life, despite the fact that... Back on speaking terms with Chip! The most awkward hug I have ever seen. Like, ultimately... Chip Ganassi.exe likes winners. So when someone comes in third, his automatic program response says, hug him. <laughs> Be happy about it. Hey, thanks for the hug. You're still suing me? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we have to. We have to keep you so we can get rid of you. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> but I'm not going to admit to that court. Then <laughs> I'll lose the case. Fuck that. Like, it's all right. They're preventing that. him from getting an F1 drive, which is now going to Oscar Piastri. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly probably. wow sprinkles i'm doing the Jesus and marrow rest in peace Jesus and marrow allegedly sprinkle gift yeah, big, <laughs> big, big a, sprinkles. that is a that is a deep cut a, a very deep cut but uh yeah we'll be talking about some of that we'll be talking about the punt in beef! The, uh, sizzling beef well beef it is what's for dinner is, well, it is what's for dinner, and it's also some history being drawn up between, like, I call it Romain Grosjean versus the world, as uh, many, many a driver was out here venting their spleens, and almost in celebration as Grosjean was hip-checked into the wall by Joseph Newgarden with five laps to go, as Newgarden threw a Hail Mary that, I guess, landed for him. Uh, not so much for the other guy. And uh, yeah, we got a big old spillover on social media regarding that one. Uh, 
hashtag indie rivals, as they say. Um, some of that later on. And the future of Nashville itself. Is this the sort of race we actually want IndyCar to have going forward and its future on the calendar? That will be discussed as well. But... In the meantime, here's some places you can find us. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101, Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter, Motorsport underscore 101. If I have to follow our personal handles, you can at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, um, and at CBuckley917. Direct all your podcast complaints to at Joseph Newgarden. Um, we're on Instagram at Motorsport101Pod. Um, we are also on our website, Motorsport101.com. All of our social media and content is on there, including full-on extra written reviews of this race and MotoGP's British Grand Prix. Check that out if you haven't already. I wasn't kind about the paddock in IndyCar right now, and I'm surprised none of the drivers have gone after me yet. Maybe by the time this podcast is finished, it might. We'll have to wait and see. Who knows? Um, but if you really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Now, while I prepare my legal team, after this quick break, we'll talk about the Music City Grand Prix. It's a bridge. Did it mention there's a bridge? There's a bridge in all this. Bridge week! Guys, guys, guys. Can I say the phrase again? I get to say the phrase again, don't I? No, you don't. Death, taxes, Dixon. That's my line. (laughs) I don't see your copyright on it. I I just got the Jeremy Clarkson back to the studio treatment. Great. Way to go. Uh, Death, taxes, Dixon again. Just when you thought he was out of the running again, he steals a huge win in Nashville to bring him within a handful of points of the championship. I think it's six of the championship lead now after holding off a brilliant drive from Scott McLaughlin in second in what was IndyCar's closest ever finish at a street circuit. Just a tenth of a second between the two over the line. Um, McLaughlin thought about a last lap Hail Mary. We joked on it on our Discord that uh, he was thinking about it, and then he realized it's Scott Dixon with googly eyes and decided not to, um, which I thought was quite funny. But, gentlemen, looking at the scoreboard, looking at the standings, now knowing that it's probably a championship five, poor Pato, with just three rounds to go, the top three covered by 33 points. Is Scott Dixon your favorite for the Asta Cup? I will not attempt to make any predictions whatsoever about who lifts the Astro Cup. But before I talk about Scott Dixon, well, let's talk about Scott Dixon. Maybe, I don't think you're really like driving home how much of a smash and grab this was because oh, in one of the eight caution periods that we've had that consumed eight. 36 <laughs> laps of this race, very fun statistic, 69 out of a possible 160 laps of the Music City Grand Prix over the first two years have been run under caution. That's pretty nice, except it's not. But you know what is nice is Scott Ditson coming back from having to, he, he got caught up in a, in a track blocking pileup. Graham Ray Hall has to check up in the back of Pato Award. That breaks Award's gearbox. That crushes the front end of Ray Hall's car. And that stacks up the entire field behind them where Stop Ditson slams on the brakes. Then he gets hit by Dalton Kellett, who gets hit by Simona De Silvestro. Ditson has to go to the pits for repairs. Then he has to start at the tail end of the lead lap for taking emergency service in a closed pit. He was 15th before he made his final routine pit stop for fuel only. He did not change tires. And then we get another caution. Ironically, Graham Ray Hall crashes on his own. Then Renus VK crashed into the back of him. And that's what yeah. elevates Scott Ditson to the front of the field. Amazingly enough, before that, it was looking like Alex Pelot was going to get the benefit of the green or it should case a yellow. Cause that same thing happened to him when Ditson had his accident. Yep. Again, a Chip Ganassi racing driver who started mid-pack and got involved in the wreck has won Music City. This feels like... Brian Hurta said the luck kind of takes the uh, the prestige off of it. Um, Counterpoint. Can only deal with the hand you're dealt. Yeah. And Scott Dixon is a god amongst (laughs) men. 
when it comes to dealing with whatever hand he's dealt. And uh, my, my man was dealt a seven-deuce offsuit and still found a way to win. That is remarkable. And if you, and, and, and if all those guys who aren't poker fans out there, statistically, that is the worst hand you can be dealt in, in, a, in a game of poker. There you go. But um, yeah, this was ridiculous it, it's it's a it's a classic dixon smash and grab it he at no point did he look like the fastest man on the day i think that honor goes to scott mclaughlin who was incredible scott in mclaughlin this, this was this was scotty's best race in indycar by a country oh, mile scott mclaughlin loves a street course he so, loved you it know we talk about scotty yeah. right we talk about scotty as the you know the scotty award yeah he yeah. had like five overtakes that could have been nominated. Oh yeah, this was he was the only man who was nailing every restart, nailing every dive bomb into every ninety degree corner that was on the track. It was McLaughlin again and again and again. He was the only man with the consistency and the confidence to pull that off. He was stunning. This was his best drive in an Indy car, and he's won like. A handful of these now, and he's gen. He's getting better by the race. He, like next season, they need to look out for this dude. This guy is is becoming a very very well rounded driver. I openly hold my hands up and admit I was not convinced on McLaughlin when he was first signed. Two years in IndyCar with with Roger Penske, and he's looking like one of the four or five best drivers in the series. In two years, this a guy who had supercars run. This a guy who had not touched an open wheeler since his early teens. He's a monster. What is this guy? Like seriously, like I I don't know. Like McLaughlin is really, really good at this. It's it's one of the best second year jumps that we've had in the series in in a while. Oh yeah. Well, since last year, I suppose. Yeah, given uh, the whole Alex Pillow thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't end as messy. No, his hope is... I will I, say I, somehow, though, I don't think so. Alex Pillow picking up another podium. He's he's not in that bracket of the top three drivers that are all within 12 points. Because Will Power had a terrible... Had a terrible day, Marcus Erickson. He lost drive with ten lap, less than 10 laps to go. That's not good. But... Alex Pillow is still hanging on. He does, he's not in that bracket where he's right up with them, but he's close enough. If he wins a he's race, close enough that if we get another one of these, if we get another one where we have multiple title contenders um, fall by the wayside and he snatches the win, he's right back in it. Yeah. Yeah. And wouldn't yeah, that be yeah. something if Alex Pillow wins back to back titles potentially on the way out of the <laughs> exits the sport I'm telling back to back titles I'm telling you yeah I'm telling you it would it would, one it would be F1 it would be F1 worthy performance if a seat ever opens up for him I also oh, I also I also like love the imagery of him doing the the CM punk sort of oh, uh get out of my head. I, th- I think I talked about it last time. He blow he blows a kiss to Chip Ganassi holding the Astro Cup and then runs to the crowd and then puts the Astro Cup in the fridge. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then starts eating chicken and waffles. Hey, hey, it's it's a, it's a healthy diet. It's a healthy diet. Look, it's, it's... The things I would describe chicken and waffles as healthy. I'm not sure about that one, Harrison. Nashville hot chicken? I, I... Uh, it's still not healthy. I disagree, uh, personally. Oh, but um, then again, that's why I'm the size that I am. Um, but, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, this is a wild title fight. I mean, we now have, like, Will Power somehow was dragging a limped car with a broken dashboard and multiple minor injuries to 11th place and actually extended his championship lead. This sport is wacky. Actually, no, actually, he only lost three points. He only lost three points to the guy who uh, was missing a big chunk of floor and had to pit four times to repair the damage. In total, he took six pit stops during the race. And again, he he double-stinted a full set of tires for more than half the race. This, This was wacky. This was completely fucking wacky, this race. And again, like... Brian Hurt is right to a degree. It is a bit of a lottery sometimes, but you make your own luck in this sport more often than not. And uh, yeah, like 
I, I'm not sure about the Aster Cup here. I really like Dixon is becoming like Dixon's treating a top five like the floor again, and this is like a problem. Power has been remarkably consistent. New Garden can still win any given race on paper, and he's done that more often than anybody else in the field this year. If his car is dialed in, New Garden wins. It's that simple. Um, and I, I think it's between those three. Uh, I, I'm not convinced Marcus has another big day in him because um, he probably needs one at this point because that was a very unfortunate 13th. Um, luckily, the damage wasn't too bad for his title disadvantage. He lost Marcus Erickson still got credit with a 14th place finish. If you need to know just the level of attrition that we had today, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he got yeah. lucky that in this case, a, a mechanical, and we'll talk get into the reasons why in a little bit, um, really didn't cost him much compared to where he was already running. Yeah, mm, mm, Definitely. Um, yeah, got a little bit fortunate in that one in the grand scheme of things, but yeah, only lost three points on the top. So he's still more than in there at minus 12. Like I said, 33 points covering the top five. Alex Polo on the outside looking in despite not having a pole or a race win this season, but just racking up podiums. That's what Alex Polo does so well. And yeah, he's can we it all, again. Can basically. we also, still, uh, he, we're also missing one important thing. Scott Nitson's now second all-time yeah. on, the, on the all-time wins list. It's him, yeah. AJ Foy, and everybody else. There was so much hate and vitriol after the race. I don't think anyone Dude, Alexander Rossi and yeah. Colton Herta were both a lap down, and they still somehow managed to finish fourth and fifth. They brought Rossi brought out the first caution of the race, and Colton Herta got pushed to the wall three laps into it. I just... Yeah. Okay. And at this point, this is Scott Dixon jumping down from the ship. You look at him as a boss and realize he doesn't have a health bar. Yeah, you run. <laughs> like you, Killing him is out of the question. If not for Christian um, Lundgaard getting like, bullied on that final restart, he comes away with a podium. That was another sensational drive from Lundgaard, who really is putting his stamp oh, on he's good. the rookie of the year. Well, Lundgaard looked like a threat for the win yeah. for most of the race. He, that first win he is he, coming, and it is coming soon. Yeah, he is like he was. He was all over Dixon's behind in the second half of that race, trying to get the win. Didn't quite get there, but still, absolutely. Like, like last two races have been a revelation for Lingard. I mean, this wasn't a fluke. He was fast all weekend in Nashville, right up there. He loved the the track, um, and uh, yeah, made made it pay. It, it could have been an even better day for Lingard, but still, like he is impressing all the right people. Well, without a doubt, man is super impressive. Oh boy! Hey, Cauldron Time! All right, get your uh, get your um, get your hot takes, get your hashtags, and uh, get your mute buttons out. The Cauldron. Okay, so the the main flashpoint of this chaotic race was the penultimate restart with five laps to go. Joseph Newgarden takes a lunge at Romain Grosjean, I believe the sixth place yeah, on the road. Um, he'd already jumped two cars off the initial restart, and he's trying to get a third off of Grosjean going into turn nine, which, of course, is now the permanent final point. That's one of the changes they made. They go northbound off the bridge into turn nine. That's the permanent start and restart zone. Yeah. In doing so, he hits the outside of Gro of of, out, of, of Romain Grosjean's car. Grosjean goes into the wall. He is out of the race. New Garden's able to continue fine. He would go on to finish in sixth and actually take a good chunk out of the championship deficit. He's only 22 behind now after all of that. Um, all hell broke loose on social media afterwards. Um, we had Joseph arguing with fans on Twitter. Um, his quote with NBC after the race was, uh, welcome to IndyCar. I don't know what to tell him, um, basically. And um, he starts getting into it with fans regarding the incident that he's been blamed for. Um, Grosjean tweets angry faces. Marcus Erickson literally responds to him going, "Why well, what, what goes around comes around, which... That went over well, um, and uh, a lot of indirect bitching about 
Grosjean in the series as a well, indirect and direct regarding Grosjean and his place in the series. Now, gentlemen, play nice. What did you make of the incident in the aftermath from Joseph? Don't all rush in at once. <laughs> Let me uh, put my gloves on. Get my hazmat suit. What the fuck was Joseph Newgarden thinking? That was one too many. That was wow. uh, that was that wasn't a low percentage move. That wasn't a, a no percentage move. He just went into the corner with absolutely no hope of making it with Grosjean on the outside. Hit him into the wall. Hit him so hard into the wall that he himself almost crashed and spun the other way on exit. Mm. What got me was Newgarden after the race claiming that he was already in front, which is just complete he, bullshit. He, okay, he was, at the, but only because he broke so late that he hit the apex, missing the. He basically missed the corner into Grosjean's side pod. Right. He was he was going in a he was not going around the apex he was straight lining over it, uh, right. because that's a curved braking zone. So while New Garden is not incorrect, it is a piss poor justification of the move, because you it's you know what it is. <laughs> it's Silverstone twenty twenty one again. The guy oh, on the God. inside just he just sent it in with way too much speed. Clipped the guy on the outside so hard that he himself almost crashed. And then it's like, well, he turned in on me. <laughs> it, it's just, it was, uh, it was poor from New Garden. But on a day of poor moves where the whole series looked like it was doing its best FE impression, it probably wasn't even the worst move that was made during the day. Which is the funny thing about it, really. But going on on social media and dogpiling him. With the rest of the IndyCar Boys Club, not ideal. Yeah, um, RJ, he's your man's. Um, what did you make of it all? So y'all think I'm just going to use these next few minutes to unconditionally approve of what one of my favorite drivers has done. And I've made no secret about that. Like, I'm a huge Joseph Newgarden fan. I've seen his first win. I've seen his first championships. I genuinely think that on most days... He is one of the best ambassadors the sport has, one of the best drivers the sport has. First and foremost about the wreck, I, I kind of said it as a windup that he had the corner, but I look back and I say, that is that is a 0% chance move. And that's, that is at best rash and at worst, just straight up stupid driving from, yeah. Yeah. I I think he was, I think he was like burned out. He alluded to like other incidents with other drivers, like early in the race. This was like, We'll talk about it. This race was a demolition derby. Felix Rosenquist said he was just happy to have finished the race. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's getting in. I, and I'll say this, the best thing that Joseph Newgarden could have done once he vented his spleen to NBC and IndyCar radio and done his media appearances is just put his phone in the lockbox, tell his PR person, all his sponsors, like, handle everything for me. I'm going to go play some video games. Um, I'm going to, like, uh, go get drunk with the fellas or whatever. Just sleep it off, man. You you don't have to do this. You, you really don't. That's This is behavior that's, like, I mean, unbecoming was... of someone who, again, we've regarded Joseph as, like, one of the best ambassadors for the sport. A genuinely fun-loving personality, uh, somebody who is, you know, always down to connect with his fans. And it's just incredibly out of character and unnecessary. And I don't like the way they handled that. And I would hope that he apologizes for that. I'm sure that in the time that 
I don't think that's coming. No. I see, you know, since I, I talked about this with supporter of the show, Sasha on Twitter uh, afterwards, that since Grosjean's dust up with Ray Hall, which Grosjean was at fault for, let's be real. I mean, it, it was over aggressive from both of them, but predominantly it was, it was Roman Grosjean's sure. fault. Yeah. I don't think many people no. would argue that since that it's been a big mentality of, well, this is, this is IndyCar. It's our turf. Therefore he's free game. Now, first of all, coming from the likes of uh, noted IHIP check teammates to win championships, Joseph Newgarden, noted dumper of Robert Wickens, Alexander Rossi, mm-hmm. and just it's this general mentality of we're allowed to rough you up, get used to it, and then who do you think you are coming over here racing us like that? You, you can't have it both ways. I, it, it made me... It's been genuinely uncomfortable seeing like this manifest itself. I mean, look, okay. I'm the newest of the three of us here when it comes to being an IndyCar fan. So maybe my observations are a little bit out of whack. Feel free to correct me on this. But I've always gotten the impression that like IndyCar turns its nose up at Formula One in general. For often, they turn their nose up at each other. Often, yeah, That's... for often petty reasons. Like Formula One looks at IndyCar like a B league. IndyCar doesn't like Formula One's power steering, pretty boy image, um, and that uh, you know, often I think they feel like they could easily run it's their the, cars. It's it's very it's, petty. It's the typical it's it's the typical boys club mentality of those um, of every everyone who's you know. Look, you're in the top of a given discipline. That discipline being a relatively unique thing. You know, nothing really combines IndyCar's ovals with road courses. It doesn't. That you're going to think, you're going to think you're the best driver in the world, but everyone else ain't shit. Yeah. But to see it borne out like this, where, and we saw a little bit of this back in 2017 when, as we all know, Alonzo came over with a very good team, was very competitive in his first Indy, was nothing but respectful towards both IndyCar drivers and everything. And IndyCar as a whole got very, very insecure about itself when most of the media attention in 2017 was around, you know, a a multi-time Formula One world champion coming over to do the 500. Yeah. There was a lot of pettiness when Lewis Hamilton was taken out of context. He was praising Alonso's performance, and like he took a jab. Uh, I don't think he took a jab. I think he was taken out of context. I don't think Hamilton meant any. It was ta- it was taken as a yeah, jab. it was taken as a jab by IndyCar's drivers. And I remember distinctively Graham Rahal and, Lu- and James Hinchcliffe, who immediately fired back with, "Well, he's only got to worry about one other car in his series." And I'm just like, guys. It's not that deep. Like, it, it, IndyCar has always had this insecure vibe r- about its place in the motorsport landscape. And F1, un- like, F1 also unfairly looks at IndyCar like a B-series. And, and none of it is good. None of it is nice. And we're seeing, I think we're seeing some of that spill over into IndyCar. Because, look, I will say this wholeheartedly. Romain Grosjean being in IndyCar should be celebrated. He was a ve- he was a good to very good Formula One driver. Um, Ten career podium finishes, went over, dedicated himself fully to this series. Yeah, you know, moved his entire family over, bought a giant RV to facilitate them. He's probably going to have to put his kids in an American school at some point, right? He's embraced everything about this series in a polite, largely respectful manner. Like that should be something for IndyCar to give itself a pat on the back over. Yeah, and throughout well, most of its first, that first season, that was the whole thing because Romain Grosjean right. was was doing incredible things with a, a midfield team in Dale Coin Racing with Rick Ware Racing. There were like we don't know what he was going to do in his first season, but he sells on the road and street courses. It wasn't all perfect, and you remember Laguna Seca last year. Oh, he, yeah, was start, he was start. He was really feeling himself, and he was he was he, he was, was also yeah, shoulder charging through people, and that's 
kind of where I think this all stemmed from. And that's not acceptable. But where but where I get where I have problems here. If that was this is not to absolve Grosjean because Grosjean and everyone was very aggressive on Sunday. I mean, Grosjean didn't make contact, but he put Marcus Erickson in a compromising position, which not really the fault of Grosjean or Erickson ended Erickson's race because Erickson got clipped from behind. We saw it with a number of cars. Uh, gearbox is very oh, fragile. Yeah, especially here. if you get hit from behind. That's and that's the thing. That's what Erickson was yeah. most upset about. And nothing to do with like it's completely divorced from anything but, that happened in Formula One. Like this is all just stuff that's yeah. gone on since Roman. There, this is this has nothing to do with back in yeah. 2018. Hot, but, but but meme funny. The thing is, but meme funny. But the, the thing is, if that was anyone else. Doing that move on Erickson, no one would have batted well, an eye. Uh, Devlin DeFrancesco has not made friends. Devlin DeFrancesco, who dumped three P, like he caused three identical incidents on an oval, and the third one finally took him out. I think that's a bit yeah. more warranted. I haven't seen Grosjean do anything this year that people otherwise haven't been doing for years. Alexander Rossi's practically made the hip check out of a corner his signature move. Yeah. And that's something that's just. Relatively accepted yeah, driving, in I, I, This year, I like seen, a little bit of hitting. We've seen an increasing number. Yeah, you want to see hard but fair races, like 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 I said, Scotty McLaughlin, the textbook definition of hard but fair on Sunday. Mm. Perfectly measured passes, not leaving anyone an inch, but leaving enough. What Romain Grosjean? What happened to Romain Grosjean on Sunday was. One of the more, it was one of the more egregious incidents I can remember in like modern IndyCar history. Newgarden had no hope of making the corner. Dumped him. It was a straight dump into the wall. Look, and you know what? Like, I also need to make the make the point here, right? Is that not only like the stewards are sitting on their hands and and they have blood on them. Oh yeah, they they roll. No, oh, no, they're not. No, they're not. Because we saw a nearly identical incident earlier in the race where Kyle Kirkwood dove up the inside of someone. Uh, I believe yeah, David Malukas and Kyle Kirkwood took each other. And basically triggered an, an identical crash. Like, Kyle's move was just way too late into that same style of corner, that curved braking zone, and he just blew Malukas up and yeah. took them both out of the race. And who got a penalty for that? David Malukas. Who got a, who got a who got a yelling at that? But the guy who uh, and sorry to bring this aspect up, the guy who drives for the series owner dumped someone and didn't it's get a bad penalty. look. It's bad. David Malukas was asked to yield position for a wreck that came the lap before out of all this. But you know we're not we're not talking about like we're not talking about Malukas and Kirkwood taking each other out from two career defined potential career fighting performances. We're not even talking about the fact that Devil Francesco and Takuma Sato dumped each other in the wall again. Yep. We're talking about Newgar- oh, New- Joseph Newgarden, who has been one of the star drivers of the sport for nearly a decade, and Romain Grosjean, who has incredible cachet and pull from the international motor racing community. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. And unfortunately, and this has been an ongoing theme in the footballization of racing, the incident doesn't matter yeah. anymore. Doesn't matter who's at fault. Doesn't matter if so. You could deliberately dump someone six times in a row. If people like you, they will defend you with their entire honor as a Twitter yeah. user. And if people don't like you, they will send death threats to you, your family, and the guy who cooks your lunch. He's not wrong. And, and the actual context of the incident doesn't mean a damn thing. If roles were reversed, there would be calls for a race ban for Roman Grosjean. That I can guarantee. It's going to be the first time he's had that accusation. Look, it's it's, <laughs> it's Cam's right to a degree in that, like, it's very boys' club. All of this is extremely boys' club. This is like not a lot of people picked up on Graham Rahal's quite casual xenophobia in Barber when he talked about how Grosjean should go back to where he came from. Yeah, that was fucked up. I don't think this is that. 
I think it's close. I think. I no. I. I. It's an extension I, I of that. Marcus Erickson hasn't even had time that. to settle in the boys' club. And you th- you think that Marcus Erickson, Marcus Erickson, career F one midfielder, would be so welcomed in the boys' club after just two, one and a half good years? He won a five hundred. He also just stole. He stole the Indy five hundred. The same thing. We were talking about Alex Rossi this yeah. way, and then he stole the. Oh, Indy car is just a stepping stone back into F one, and then he stole the yeah, five hundred. That- and he was yeah, family. we were just talking about like how a lot of these drivers they don't want it enough. They're not serious about it, and we're shitting on them for it. As Dre talked about in his piece uh, published uh, this morning, like all if this has been an ongoing thing since the Ray Hall dust up at Barber, and when you when you hear the comments that Ray Hall said, when you see what New Garden's saying, where it, it it's if this was NASCAR. Everyone would be saying, oh, yeah, New Garden just took him out. That's just how it goes. Because that's the mentality over there. That mentality can't be here. You can't run self-policing policies in open-wheel racing. You can't self-police open-wheel racing. We tried that at Road America. Will Power got away with literal murder for when when he retaliated against Devlin DeFrancesco at Road America. And no one batted an eye. Again. Drives for Roger Penske. Like, it is getting to the point where it's genuinely concerning about how this series is being officiated and how these drivers are being perceived. If Newgarden's defense to what he did was, and I quote on Twitter, he's gotten away with much worse, something is fucked up. When? Tell me when. I want someone to go... I want someone... To post an it wasn't example. A, it wasn't a quote on Twitter. It, that, that was from his uh, his post race interview on TV. No, no. He, he, oh no, no, Twitter. it's on Twitter. He literally responded to a okay. fan saying, "Quote: He's gotten away with much worse." That's his justification. Yeah. Hello, this is a problem. And to which I ask, when? This is a problem because eventually you're going to hit the point. You're going to hit the point. Look, Roman Grosjean as just got dumped out of a race that he had a legitimate shot at a top right, five, yeah. right? Joseph Newgarden's a title contender. If I'm Roman Grosjean, Joseph Newgarden's never winning a title so long as I'm in IndyCar. I will make that my life fucking mission. I don't have to dump him. I just have to race him way harder than I otherwise would. But it's okay because, as, as, as Joseph says, welcome to IndyCar. But it's okay because if you... Because welcome to exactly, you can't have it both ways if you're Joseph Newgarden. Make a make, make your choice. If you're, yeah, because from now from this point forward, uh, diving a corner and dumping someone free game, and I really don't want to no. see that. It's, it's, the stewards race control has to rein this in. It's. They have to rein everyone. But the thing is, we've been saying this yeah. all year, and it's they only getting worse. They need to sit the entire paddock down and say, we're going to start handing out drive through penalties like cotton candy if this keeps up. They're making everybody look like goons out there. It's stupid. Alex Ross, Alex Rossi was trying to weave into Romain Grosjean around mid-Ohio under caution, and the stewards didn't bat an eye. Yeah, it's, they took it, no further accident action of the Grosjean new. I was shocked when I saw that <laughs> after after penalize after at least noting a, a near identical incident between Kirkwood and Malukas. Right, like the stewards have got to draw a line in the sand here and say, "Look, stop this bullshit because it's spinning over and now it's getting personal." No one wins in this sort of scenario. New Garden looks like a clown. Grosjean looks like looks like, looks like a bullying victim. Marcus Ericsson looks like someone that's been overly aggressive on Twitter. Well, we all know there's more context and nuance behind it, but no one is coming out of this smelling like roses. And the only thing that's going to end up is making the series look even more bushy than it already has this year. Because I've mentioned this two or three times this season, that the race craft has been shambolic in IndyCar this year, and the stewards are sitting on their hands doing nothing about it. It's embarrassing. They can do so much better than this. And the only thing it's going to end up doing is alienating us as fans from the drivers we generally like in this series. 
And yeah, please can we? I expect better. I, I've I've been a fan Me of too. his since he came into the series. I expect better from Joseph. I don't Garner. disagree with that. You, like I said, you thought I was going to come here and say, oh, Joseph Newgarden was 100% right in everything. No, I, do, I he he did not behave poorly to the point that I think, like, that knock on the head that he took at Iowa, like, people are genuinely worried that like that's, like, fucked up something in his personality, and now he's in his villain art. Because, like, yeah, no, that's not cool. But when he's dunking on Santucci Farino, which he always should, yeah, that's perfectly fine. Mm. We don't know. And that's, I think, uh, I think everyone, I think everyone needs a Cindy Car off week. I think we all need to, you know, crack a beer, watch some nineties, Indy 500s, not 1994. <laughs> and, uh, remind ourselves that look, we're, we're here to enjoy some right. racing, yeah. not people dumping each other into walls and certainly not this track ever again, please. Yeah. Let's get into it. Eight cautions today. Eight cautions this weekend. 45% of his lap crit. Oriole Servia was unpassable up there. So the if you combine car. that with the nine caution flags that we had at last year's Music Grand Prix, we've now had 17 total caution flags in two races, combining for a very nice 69 out of 160 racing laps. And that's not even including the three red flags that we've had. Is this what we want any car to be? No. Short answer. I mean, I know this series loves a good high-profile street circuit. I mean, hell, we open with one. We know we've closed many a season with Long Beach to do this too as the finale. We did it last year where Long Beach was the, was the season finale. Do you know what the average speed was of this race? I got it right up here. 79 miles an hour. 70 like that's the speed you go through on a british motorway when you know you're breaking the speed limit but you know a policeman's not going to pull you over <laughs> that's that's what that is like 79 mile an hour average speed is shambolic like for, that for is... reference detroit 110 miles per hour and you know that's that's got its own like weirdness about it uh mm. let's go back to uh st petersburg how much was the average speed 100 106 Average speed, 96.899 miles per hour. Detroit was 107. Long Beach, Long Beach is kind of technical, but like that is what? 93. Huh. 94. 79, RJ. Yeah. That's gut-wrenchingly slow. Like that That's is... gut-wrenchingly slow because we get a lot of cautions. And this race went, I mean, the actual official runtime is just over two hours. It was three once you factor in the red flag and the cautions. like, And we're not even factoring in, like, the weather delays that push the start back 90 minutes. We had yeah. another sunset, sunset finish in Nashville. I could talk. Yeah. It's, everything about this was a mess. And, like, I get it. The series wants to... Like, the spectacle of driving over a giant bridge and being in Nashville is awesome. I am not disputing that. And it's a great look on paper. This is awful for racing. This is like, this is like, I will never rewatch these two races in Nashville we've had so far. Never. Not in a million years. Like, this, this, they were grindy. They were not fun. Like, we were sat down for three hours and, and that was limited action. We had eight cautions. You know, multiple guys in a wall, in a fence. Half the field didn't finish. I think only 11 were on the lead lap. Like, how is this good? Like, in what way is this possibly considered good? I love, as long as nobody gets hurt, I genuinely love a good shit show every now and then. And I think more people secretly enjoy a good shit show more than they'll ever admit public. But... When I step back and I look at this objectively, because I, I could come in here and say, oh, yeah, this race is awesome. It's a crash fest every week. Give this event a 20-year contract extension tomorrow. The reality is I don't see 
this is this was the second year of a three-year deal. I think a lot of people are like begging and pleading and praying that there's an exit clause to get it off the 2023 calendar. I don't think that's happening, but I don't think this race is getting another contract extension because really the reality is if you combine the reputation that this event now has, like I don't think if IndyCar raced your next year, the whole race goes caution free and we get a, a three wide photo finish over the line. It goes down the books. It is an instant classic. It, it's the epithet. The, uh, the epitaph is already written. This race has its reputation. It is what it is. And if you combine that, we could go caution free next year. No one. We, we had a caution free sports car race contested entirely among so-called dentists. Uh, but you combine the, you combine the reputation with the usual problems that new and returning events have, not just bringing in audiences for the first year, but keeping them long term. You combine that with some of because let's not forget. Remember last year when some of the grandstands weren't finished? Oh yeah. Mm. Our friend Elizabeth Blackstock actually was uh, at this event doing her thing for Jalopnik. Um, she went and pointed out just how much the facilities suck if you work in the media to the point there's no TV screens in the designated media center. You have to watch the race from inside the monitors, inside the uh, the elevators, inside Nissan Stadium. And then they'll kick you out if you find an alternate place to work. Uh, none of that is conducive that's None of that is conducive to keeping the fans coming in because they drew a hundred thousand the first year, but that first year novelty that's gone. And there is not a chance in hell that this race sticks on the calendar beyond 2023. I, I'm feeling very, very pessimistic about that. If they extended the race tomorrow, we would all be shitting on it except for the sickos among us. And, <laughs> You know, the, the tragedy of this is when the race wasn't under yellow, the quality of racing all right. was, wasn't was terrible. I mean, sure, it was it's processional. A lot of street circuits are, but it doesn't look out of place to what we see typically at Toronto or St. Peter, Long Beach mm. or Detroit before they moved it or potentially Detroit after they move it. But the 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 reputation is already sealed it's a bit like when you have a couple nasty accidents at pocono and that place that venue's reputation as a modern indycar venue that's done and dusted and then and then people didn't and then people didn't show up and that was it don't disagree with a lot of what rj said to be honest um one of the things going going back to the driving standards from our last segment, the problem that you're always going to get with a track like this is that because pra- because passing is at such a premium here, you're going to get hail yeah. mary moves. There's no other way. And this track especially has two or three corners where if you put it up the inside of someone, they either have to back out so hard that they basically come to a stop and get rear ended, or they go into the wall. The entire north end of the circuit from turn four to turn seven, or as I like to call it, Curva Zaspies, because of the Zaspies ads over there, indescribably good. I don't check play at least. That whole point, that whole section is a choke point. Now Scott Dixon alluded to the fact that they are planning on some changes in that segment. I don't know if this race is going to last long enough for those changes to play out. Mm. You better hope they can get them in yeah. for next year because. It's something has to reverse course here because two Golden Cock nominee level races <laughs> in, in a row? row in a row. That is that takes some doing. And while I, you know, the I think they do a good job promoting it. I think the backdrop is great. I think the scenery oh, yeah. is great. But the actual track layout is just so bad it's not conducive to good uh, high power open wheel racing it just isn't because no. it is possible to pass but you have to commit so bravely and yeah it's it's tough yeah 
full-blown block passing was the name of the game on Sunday because it was the only way you were going to get a pass done. Unless you were Scott McLaughlin, then you're just a certified animal. Oof. Yeah, like I, I can't, again, can't disagree with any of RJ. RJ knows a bit better than I do. This this is not tenable. Like, there's like once the novelty wears off, you're going to have people sitting here openly dreading this because it's going to be people wrecking cars, people taking lunges, big old repair bills. There, there yeah. was a visual, yeah. Dre. There was a visual after the race. A truck leaving the circuit with a full flatbed of IndyCar yeah. parts on it. Like a dozen front wings, which just is... The... That, that is a perfect, first of all, perfect out-of-context yeah. IndyCar picture. And second of all, a perfect visual for this race. A, a flatbed taking a convoluted route out of the circuit, covered in shattered parts. Yeah, it says it all. And that's people are not going to think that's going to be as fun the third or the fourth time round. Marshall like, Pruitt said it in his column that just dropped today: a third straight destruction derby at Nashville would be negligent on the series part. Wow. Yeah. You uh, and uh, Marshall Pruitt speaks. Yeah. yeah, he's got more insider access than I do. Fucking yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. I can't argue with any of that. Like, it's just at that point you go, "What's the point?" You know, it's 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 uh, it's, it's going to be wild. Um, yeah, so that's that was Nashville, everybody. Everybody, take a breath. The gauntlet is over. IndyCar is on a week off. It will be back in a fortnight's time at Gateway. I want to say Gateway Motorsports Park. Sorry, Worldwide Technology Raceway. Oh boy, WWT Gateway. Yes, short oval time. The last oval of the year. It, uh, it shall be spicy, to say the least. But uh, that will be in two weeks' time. We'll be back next week. We only have one major series to cover next week, believe it or not. But it's the Formula E season finale in South Korea. Oh, God yeah. help us all on who ends up leaving that with the championship. Because as of right now, God knows. Probably Stoffel Van Dorn. Who knows? <laughs> All I know is, is that Mitch Bruh is dead, and I am very sad about the, the passing of Mitch Bruh. It was a good run. We tried to tell you. King tried to tell you. R. Sam Bird's uh, consecutive winning streak comes to an end. He's hurt. He can't run the last race. Norman Nato. This is good Norman Nato season. Good drive. Assuming we, assuming we get a race. Assuming we it doesn't fingers like get crossed. washed away, yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. Again, as yeah. we mentioned in our in our murder Jeep episode, again, thoughts go out to our, to our, our friends in South Korea. Hopefully, hopefully everything is all right over there. Because like a, some of the flooding has been awful to look at. So, without any further ado, let's get out of here. YouTube.com, Motorsport101, Facebook, same address, Motorsport101.com, Twitter.com forward slash Motorsport underscore 101, at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at CBuckley917, Instagram, Motorsport101Pod, website with even more on it, Motorsport101.com. Until then, I've been Dre Harrison, they've been Cam Buckley and RJ O'Connell, and until next time, sayonara. You know, I think this was a more amicable discussion than I think we uh, we had originally feared. And I'm proud of ourselves for that. We did good. Now, let's talk about pineapple on pizza. Oh, for fuck.